Happy Saturday, everyone, and thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of The Crow's Nest. I'm Kelly J. Lewis, and with me as always is Dr. Kevin Crow. Now, Dr. Crow, let's talk about education today. And yes. uh, so USAO is going fully online for the summer. That's correct. And so are we do we think that we're going to go back in the fall to classroom? And if we do, kind of how is this going to change all of that? Because this has to make an impact. Well, I've, you know, I've actually talked to, to people even at other universities. I have some friends still at the University of Kentucky. I've talked to some of the other universities in the state, some friends that I have. And everybody's in the same place, and no one knows what's going to happen. Uh, it, nobody does at any level. So it's not just here thinking, well, surely they know. I, again, both in-state and out-of-state, people are playing it by ear. Um, I, right now, we know we're going for the rest of the summer. Through August 5th, they said we're, we're, um, we're going online. Uh, we don't know about the fall yet. I mean, I think they're hopeful to go back in normal by fall. I think everybody's hopeful to go back by normal uh, in fall. But I don't think they'll make a decision about what to do in fall probably until I would think July would be the earliest that people would know. And I don't think that's just us. I think that's everybody. Again, they haven't told us when they're going to tell us about fall. I think that their mindset is let's hope that by fall we can go back to to normal instruction. But again, that's everywhere, but nobody can answer that. But we, we are for the rest of the summer going online. That's true. Let's talk about life here in Yo Chickasha. Have you yes. noticed any kind of slowdown here? Because I sure haven't. Um, some places. Um, I, I, my wife, of course, you know, Walmart has had to change, but that's been nationwide. That's not a Chickasha phenomenon. Every, everywhere now they, they limit. I, I hope I'm not misquoting, but I think Walmart is limiting 1,000 square foot per each customer. Uh, which means that that cuts down quite a bit how many people can go into Walmart. And then once they reach that number, uh, they just they they don't let anybody in until somebody comes out. But again, that's a Walmart decision, uh, not a local decision. They're doing that nationwide. Um, you know, I, I the only the only place I shop, uh, like I said, my wife goes to Walmart for. Her. She's more efficient at that, um, and she she goes to. Um, uh, to Aldi's, and she says, you know, Aldi's, there's a little less people, but still. Uh, I go to um, Atwood's if we have to go, and Atwood seems the same number of people. Now, they do take precautions there, I think, pretty well. They have what I call like a sneeze guard, you know, between you and the um, between you and the cashier. They have it marked on how far to stay away. People seem to be at least when you go shopping, watching at least the six-foot distance. Now, I don't know if six-foot is good enough or not, but people are watching that pretty well, um, they seem to be. Um, you know, the, the, the restaurants, I do go pick stuff up at, at, at um, Boomerang's here. And you know, when I go, usually uh, there may be one other car that comes and gets something while I'm there, so I guess it's a little slower than normal. Um, and, and, uh, but, but if you go to like Arby's or somewhere, you know, they do the drive through and it seems to be running about the same as it always has been. So we're not shut down completely. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, things, 
it's noticeable less, but it's not it's not like a ghost town. No, yeah, there's there are less cars, but it doesn't seem like there are less people. No, well, I guess you know the demand's still the same is the problem. Um, you know, this goes back to something else. I, I want to lead into another thing that I thought about today. Of course, what people, you know, if they're, if they're thinking about what they're going to buy, if they don't want to go to the stores, online, um, you know, shopping online, which, which again, I, I have noticed, I seem to notice in our neighborhood, the UPS trucks, the uh, FedEx trucks, and the mail delivery trucks are making more stops, are, are actually delivering more, it looks like. Um, but this is another fallout that we're going to have to watch for. Um, if you think about it, a lot of online businesses, uh, there's no sales tax. Now, that's not true. I know larger ones like, you know, like, um, oh, Amazon, I, get, I guess Amazon. I don't know. I don't order from Amazon. But I know a bookstore that I order from a book company. I know they charge you your, uh, your in-state whatever. Well, actually, the book company that I order from, uh, it, it literally – charges you your state income tax and your local income tax. It does everything, or, or sales tax, I'm sorry, not income tax, your sales tax. But most places online don't do this, and I think this is what's really going to hit all states when it gets to their um, when it, states that use income tax, I mean sales tax. I think this is really going to hit them uh, in their state budgets big time because many states are very dependent on sales tax, very dependent. Remember, there are a number of states, even though Oklahoma has a low income tax, we still have an income tax. Uh, there are many states, there are some states that don't have an income tax, that only get things through sales tax. And so I think that this is going to be a major blow when it comes to, um, you know, to, to sales tax revenue um, for the states. I think this is really going to hurt the states. And if you think about Oklahoma and Texas and a few other states that are also dependent on the oil industry, really going to be hit. But, but the sales tax is going to hit every state, I think, heavy. And I know that we have, you know, that they have forever and a day, they've had something when you file your state taxes where you put down, um, you know, you estimate your, your online taxes and then you pay that or you can pay a lump sum and in the past, I've paid the lump sum. Um, I always, I just pay the, the, the lump sum. And I mentioned that to a high-ranking official in this state. I won't say the name, but very high-ranking elected official. And he said, I was the only person that he's ever known that's done that. <laughs> so, so most people don't do that. So my point is, is, is people really are, um, you know, the, the, this is really going to hit state income taxes big time. I mean, state sales tax revenue. And so I think budgets, state budgets are going to go flat nationwide. I think that's a really scary thing, especially for here. And with our gaming, we're just, we're not, I mean, I think as a whole, too, where we don't have the tourism. And, and not that that would matter anyway, because there's nobody. No, not now. Here. Couldn't matter. That's right. Um, but, but again, Oklahoma, we've, we've been talking about the budget going down. You know, everybody in the state has, but everybody blames it totally on oil, which is a big part. I mean, oil has gone flat, but I think people are overlooking the fact that these brick-and-mortar stores are where the state gets a lot of its revenue because of the sales tax. I mean, not just the state. 
but the um, but municipalities too, you know, get their get sales tax. So cities, Chickasha, everybody, you know, gets uh, uses the sales tax, and that's going to hit everybody big time. So let's talk about elections, and let's talk yep. about Wisconsin. And they had to go ahead and vote in person. Yes. How do you think that this is going to change the face of elections now for us here in Oklahoma? I mean, we were supposed to have an election yesterday. Did that go on? No, they, they postponed the, well, for the, um, I, I think, I believe they moved that one to June now. The, the, uh, the municipal, municipal one, I think they moved it to June. Uh, to correspond, because see, in Oklahoma we have several. As we know, we we've complained about this, but I guess this is the one time it's come in handy, where there are several dates to vote on, and so the next one after this April election would be the June one. And I believe that I think I'm right on this. I believe they moved the um, well. I'm sure. I, yeah, they moved it. I, I think to June the um, the municipal election, the um, the um, city council election. Um, and, and that's going to work out for vote for Oklahoma voters because that's one less time that we have to remember to get to the polls. That's right. That's, that's right. One of our nonpartisan issues on this show is how many times the state of Oklahoma expects us to vote, and the low voter turnout always helps the Republicans. It always does. Well, see, for me, it's not not. Just, I don't even think about how how it helps the Republicans because I think in in some states it does. I don't think it does in Oklahoma. The reason I say I don't know if it does in Oklahoma, Oklahoma is a weird state in that the older you get, the more democratic they become, and and older voters tend to be more um, tend to be more uh, reliable. So in most states, I think the the uh, low voter turnout. AIDS Republicans. I don't. It may in Oklahoma, but not as much as it does in other states because of that weird, because of that weird um, generational voting pattern in Oklahoma. That's different than it is in most states. Um, um, you know, in most states, in, in Oklahoma, the Republican voters tend to be, I think, more uh, 30s, 40s, 50s, and 60s. But when you start getting to 70s and 80s, they get more Democratic, actually. Um, uh, you know, I'm not sure about that. What I do know is Indians need to get involved and vote here in Oklahoma. We now, could completely change the landscape here, <laughs> the political said, landscape, and this, this, if we would vote. Well, and as, as we've also said, who it really helps, these weird voting ones, it tends to be like uh, Chamber of Commerce, like that, that put in, you know, that, that kind of push um, different um, voter referendums for, um, for bond issues, things of that nature. You know the kind of special interest bond issues. Let's talk that it does okay. kind of special interest ones. Yes. Well, let's oh. talk about those um, kind of more special interest candidates. How is this going to affect that campaigning? I mean, now instead of you know campaigning through april now everybody's going to campaign through june and how does campaigning look now because you can't go door to door you you have to kind of solely rely on mailers and the internet i guess i mean how, you know, how and i haven't even really seen any kind of of campaigning at all i have i've seen some signs but those signs were up before this even happened that's right um 
There was, I know, I, I have, there's one candidate who sends, um, who sends text to me, a person running right now that I get text. So that's one of the things. Um, but, but again, people, this is interesting. You know, when, when I know this when I ran. When I ran, I, I knocked doors early. I mean, I knocked doors continuously. The other person knocked doors late. Um, because they, you know, this is what they they always say: do the the latter ones. I think had, I, I think right now this would have rewarded people who knocked doors early, you know, instead of waiting to write before. Because some people have knocked doors. A few, I know one candidate. It may not be many, but we're talking about a few hundred uh, doors knocking, which. Any, but I have a feeling in that June election, uh, the turnout may not be that large, and so you know, a few hundred probably will swing. Uh, I think of this uh, of this election for the um, for the uh, state representative one. I think a few hundred is going to matter this one, especially in the Republican primary. I think um, I think it'll be low turnout, and uh, a few hundred really could swing it. Do you think that we're going to do some kind of mail-in ballot? Do you think that that's on the horizon, or do you think that that's something that's just not going to be allowed? Let me give you two things that are rife with, for things like that with voter fraud. I mean, they just are changing. There, there's a reason. There are reasons that we vote the way we do. Already, however, and this is something that we should, we should make – known on our show over and over again already people can have um you can vote er place you can vote already uh via mail you can do absentee voting and so i think what would be better instead of coming up with a new way to vote which again anytime you come up with a new way of vote no matter who does it there's going to be fraud involved i mean going to be special interests that know how to rig the system and there's going to be outside money in well there's already outside but, money involved that's right there already is but what i'm saying is what we can do is and i think we can do this on our show if people are thinking well mail in you can already do that you can already vote absentee um and i think what would be good is is for people to go ahead and um you know maybe sign up for absentee voting um you know, that's something that's already a possibility. And that's I, I know people that, that – I mean, I, I know people that do that, that vote that way anyway all the time because that way they don't have to worry about remembering when the, when the, when the, when the, um, when the election is. They vote early and they vote absentee. Then you just got to remember when to request your absentee ballot. And I think you – believe you can actually have something where they notify you when a when it when an election takes place to uh, send a reminder to you and that's just something that should go out anyway well and the fact reminders. is we we hate to find a good side for this but if you're looking for a silver lining this who are interested you know, who are still interested, politically engaged, this might end up being a plus for them because, um, you know, normally you and I, we do this. We, we get into it, and we like to go in person and vote. That's what we do, okay, and it's, it's habit. And I like that, you know, I'm, I'm this, and you do too. But it might make pe people like us to 
voting and to sign up for those reminders, which may mean that you and I will not miss an election. We've talked about this before, how we stay very engaged, but you remember a couple of years ago, there was one that came up. We didn't even hear about it. I mean, you know, so, so this might make some people who are, who are, you know, who are interested in voting, who keep up even more. You know, that's a really interesting point too. And I remember that because two people who keep who are as politically engaged as we are and keep up yes. with, with our respective sides and things like that and who religiously vote um yeah that that unknown election was like hey wait a minute when did that happen well, and how come that wasn't well, listed and, on and, anything and you yeah you remember there was this one time where, there, where, where we apparently elect people i don't remember if this is what they call them, but it's the it's the board of um of the community colleges we didn't even know that was a thing <laughs> until uh, neither one of and nothing was said about it ever. And it just, here was the election. That was it. And, you know, okay. So let's, let's shift gears a little bit um, for this last, last section of the show. And let's, by the way, I'm sorry. I, I said, I said community college. What I meant to was the, um, the tech centers. That's what it was. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. And yeah, <laughs> I was like, what is this? <laughs> Who are these people and what, what do they really do? And how come I have to vote for that? I know, I know. Is it because it's um, funded by taxpayers, you think? I think so. I think so. I, I In do any believe case, it, it was really strange for wonky people like us not to be aware of something like that, considering well, you know, that's what it, we do. And my question is, if that's the way, if that's the way we select the people who are in charge of the tech centers, why isn't it that we use that way too? Why? Because that's what? also statement. Well, why isn't that that maybe we don't do that for public universities as well because they also are tax funded? That's a really great point too. And people can say, well, no, no, we don't want to get politics involved. Politics is already involved. They're already, you know, the regents are appointed by the governor. Well, and there's no separation of church and state, especially not here no. in Oklahoma. No. And and that's something else, too, that I just, I feel like we compromise a lot by blurring that line so much. Um. Yeah, but for, like I said, for the for the university, I mean, you know, that would be. So let's talk oh, a little bit about um, the state of Oklahoma and how our lack of response here. I mean, our numbers are growing exponentially every day. And it's just like we're still not heeding these warnings to stay home. Everybody's just, it just seems like everybody here in Chickasha and in Anadarko, yeah, there are less people, but there still are a lot of people out and there are still a lot of families out. I think what will change that ultimately, and this is not a good thing, is, and unless this is enough, in enough time for these smaller communities, is, you know, in New York, of course, they see the problem in real quickly, is when we have a large outbreak in a, in a large population center. It doesn't necessarily have to be even Oklahoma City. It could be Lawton. And I think if that received um, coverage, to think, well, maybe we ought to stay at home too. I think because it hasn't happened locally, 
You're cutting out a little bit, Dr. Crow. Oh, sorry. I, I said I think the reason is I, I think is um, you know in, in New York, of course, uh, throughout the state, they've seen what's happened in New York City, so it's made sure that people are a little more cautious. I think because we haven't had a major outbreak. Um, I mean, the numbers, like you said, uh, but we haven't had a localized outbreak. I think people assume you know, it's just not going to happen. I think of a localized outbreak, and it doesn't even have to be Oklahoma City or Tulsa. It could be somewhere like Lawton. Once you have a large hospitals are overrun, again, it could be any town. It could be Chickasha. I think once that happens, that there's a place where hospitals are overrun, I think then people will take it seriously. Um, I, I agree with you. I think that it's because we don't know somebody personally. Actually, we do know families. That we, we, there's an Indian family in, in Anadarko that have the virus and have been quarantined. I mean, the city of Anadarko shut down roads going into this Indian community there in Anadarko. I don't know if they've lifted those orders or what, but, you know, especially here in Indian country, how do we even know what we're dealing with if we're not testing for it and we don't even have the capabilities to test? That's right. I mean, uh, um, well, and, and again, when you mention this, like this news here, see, I haven't heard that one either. I mean, that needs to get out. I think if, 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 you, if we can broadcast where some of these have happened, then that makes it, that hits home, and then people will take more precautions too. Um, but, but here again, that, that neighborhood is right behind Walmart in Anadarko. You have to drive by Walmart to get to that. I mean, to get to that neighborhood. And there's no slowdown, though. Even though there is a Walmart employee that was exposed and they were working. And it still hasn't slowed down at all. So even though we do know, and these, these things are hitting close to home. But on the other side of that, there are these people who absolutely have to work. Well, and, and again, this goes back to when people don't think it can happen to them. That, that's the problem. Um, I'll give you an example. This is an out-of-state example. I was talking to my brother the other day on the phone, and he's staying with my mom in a different state. This is in Arkansas. And Arkansas hasn't had as many either. But they had a first outbreak in their county, and the person who got it was a nurse. Okay, you're thinking, well, that's because they're working with, you know, the, um, you know, with, with the patients. That's not where she got it from. She had attended a party with over 20 people, and that's where she picked it up from. That's a nurse who did that, who went to a party, a major party during this outbreak, you know, a big party, and picked up the coronavirus. So, again, in these states where things have not happened, people don't think, well, it's not going to happen to us. Even medical people who should know better um, aren't taking that seriously sometimes. And so that's the thing. I mean, uh, you know, we need to um, – when we have an incident like that, it needs to be broadcast so people will, will, will understand. And again, I'm not saying you have to shut down everything, but people need to take some precautions. You know, you do what you have to do, what is necessary, but you don't need to be attending parties. You don't need to be, you know, <laughs> um, uh, just, it's, it's, not, it's not carry on your day as normal. It's carry on what you have to carry on. Um, and don't get out unless you absolutely have to. I think that's another thing, too, that people don't realize. The, 
you know, I, I still have to do some grocery runs and things like that for my grandma. But yes. when I'm out, <laughs> I'm not trying to stay out and about and go do all kinds of things. I want to tuck and roll in that store and I want to get out of there and get to Anadarko and get the stuff dropped off and get back as fast as I can. That's it. That's it. Exactly. Exactly. So in the last couple of minutes, I'm curious about how this is affecting uh, kids and their education. You know, we already know that USAO is going completely online for the summer. So how has this impacted your kids and their education and their school? And how, how is that going to go on here in rural Oklahoma? What's that new normal going to look like? I would be more worried about what's going to be like next year than, than how it impacted this year. The plus is with this year Basically, it hit the last third or fourth of the school year. You know, that's about how much you had left. And the reason I say that's the if you're gonna if you're going to if you're going to disrupt the if you're going to disrupt the school year, that's the best time to disrupt it because once you get into the elementary, the secondary schools, uh, and it's the third or the you know if you're in the last fourth or last third of the semester, a lot of time that's the time they devote to testing and all of that anyway. So. It probably, it would have been worse, for example, had this happened at the, um, if you would have missed the first fourth or third of the year. That, that would have been worse. So, so it's probably not as disruptive as, as we've let on. Uh, it's not good, but it's not as disruptive. My fear is, uh, now there may be a plus on this, and the plus, let me tell you about the negative, and then I'll show you the plus. The negative would be, well, we've lost that, and then immediately we've lost summer. And you know how people already, they go back in the summer, you know, what they've lost. Well, now, if they don't do anything, you'll even have more of a, of a backdrop. In other words, if we start, let's say we start school in the fall, this is the good scenario, if we start in the fall, they will have more area to have to make up. But there is a plus side. The plus side could be the reverse. It depends on how people react. Because um, we've got... We, if people have taken the online stuff seriously and they're trying to work a little bit with their kids at home just a few hours a day right now, the plus side may be it might, they might form a habit to where they keep that up through the summer. And so there's a possibility that actually if we start next year, kids may be not only not behind but actually ahead of where they would have been. You know, In other words, families might develop good habits to where they're working maybe an hour a day with their kids. And, and what's surprising is if you just work an hour a day with your kids and you're doing that throughout the summer, your kid's probably going to learn more than had they uh, gone to school eight hours a day uh, for an extra month and then done nothing over the summer. <laughs> you, you see what I'm saying? So, so there is maybe, there may be, there could be a positive side um, to that, maybe. Again, it, it all depends on what practices families are doing. But well, again, if, if go ahead. Sorry. Well, and the other thing is, a lot of times some of the parents will be home now, um, and so you know if they're getting bored, work with the kids one hour a day. And so this, we can mitigate the, the how the, the negative impacts of, of of our children's education. That's something that is in people's hands. And again, many people now, more people will be home than before, so they can actually take an active role in their kids' education. It's not that much if they just did maybe an hour a day, or if you have a little kid, just Two times a day, maybe fifteen to thirty minutes. That's all it would take uh, to keep, you know, to keep them to keep them up. 
and stuff. So, so they, they could actually, you can mitigate that, that damage. That's something that's doable. One of the things that I've talked to other educators about on the show is that now parents, we really see who, who, if it's the teacher or the kid, that's the a-hole here. <laughs> that's it. That's right. And that's really good. Back. I'm glad. That. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true too. <laughs> well, Dr. Crow, yeah. thank you so much for letting us call <laughs> in again. Um, you know, I'm, I'm dying to get back in the studio and see everybody. And we, you know, this is like our first full week of quarantine and it's just like, it's driving me crazy already. So I appreciate now you still have, you still have pets though, don't you? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that'll, so. and they come in handy this time of year. I've noticed that too. I really enjoyed my pets as well at, at home. Mine are so unruly though. And they don't listen. <laughs> and they boss yeah, me well, around. <laughs> well, that's what we have a cat that does that to the dog more and keeps. So <laughs> I think the dog's getting stir crazy. <laughs> well, thank you but, so um, much. Listeners, if you've missed any of our past episodes, you can catch up on those wherever you get your podcasts. We're on nine different platforms and make sure that you search Talk Jive Radio. You can catch up on all, all of our episodes of The Crow's Nest. They will be right there. I'm Kelly J. Lewis with Dr. Kevin Crow. Thanks so much for tuning in. Have a great day.